There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. Hope everybody is yes, doing sir. well out there. Jim, how are you? Yeah. Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, it, the, I know that we had, um, we had what was yesterday, yesterday was uh, Get Arrested Day or whatever we're doing, fail of our, our constitutional republic. Um, but what is, what if, what if, what if, Josh, can we do the what if, can we do what ifs today? What if this whole thing is a trap? Not for us, not for Trump, but they're going to go out there and bang the drum and talk about explicitly how a president has exclusive rights to be able to declassify and take into his own possession, as his own personal possession, any document he sees fit. And they're going to beat this drum, and this drum is going to beat and beat and beat, and that the president's the only one that can have these things. See, even after, the, no matter if you reclassify him, they still get to have this. So Hillary Clinton and uh, Uncle Joey... Uh, they go down as having classified documents because the only one who could have classified documents outside the White House is the president. So what if this whole thing is a reverse trap, a lot like the Ukrainian thing where they over-pursued over a prid pro quo call that never had prid pro quo in it? You follow what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying, but the problem is is that Joe Biden as vice president already had classified documents, still has classified documents. They're being stored mm -hmm. at erroneous locations, and right. nothing is happening to him. And but if so, we beat this drum long enough, we see suddenly see the parallels, right? Don't we? Well, right. But that's what I'm trying to say is Donald Trump is ultimately going to get away with this, is going to get off on this. Mm -hmm. he, he did nothing wrong. <clears throat> For everybody out there who's trying to kind of rationalize that is – there's no proof or evidence that anything he said to his lawyer or showed to his lawyer was was classified. Things contain classified markings. Now, there's a difference between a classified document and classified markings. Mm -hmm. So a document can contain classified markings, which means that certain parts of this document are classified. So let's say I have a folder opened up, right? Mm -hmm. And pages two and three are classified. Right. And I'm showing you page one. Okay. Which is... We're cool, then. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Th there's no proof or evidence that he actually showed classified information to his lawyer, other than his lawyer's testimony that, oh, yeah, he waved the papers in front of me and showed me this and then told me about it and then told me it was classified and he couldn't declassify it now. Um, but basically... Which is exactly is the protocol. How is that not protocol? I mean, that's literally... I, I He waved it at me. I didn't read it. And he said, hey, I can't show you this to you because it's classified. Isn't that exactly what you're supposed to do? <laughs> like, well, like, right. Well, and I mean, also the point is is that this is his lawyer, and mm -hmm. the information is pertinent to a case, and that the lawyer has that privilege to have that information. Um, right. But also Donald Trump taking those documents with him, okay, um, he has discretion. The, the show, right. his lawyer, these types of things. I mean, there's really like what the Espionage Act was built for 
is let's say that Donald Trump took those documents, invited a Russian spy over, and showed the Russian spy this information. Or like let's say hypothetically <laughs> that, um, that Donald Trump had the Donald uh-huh. Trump Center, which was right, right. next to Chinatown. And hmm. Donald Trump at the, the Donald Trump Center took a whole bunch of boxes of classified documents and threw them in an unlocked office and then gave full access to Chinese financiers who gave the Trump Center $10 million to have complete hmm. and full access to it. Huh. Okay? Th- that would be a violation of the Espionage Act. And that might sound familiar because that's what happened at the Biden Penn Center, which is right <laughs> next to Chinatown, after he received a $10 million donation from the Chinese. And they went on multiple hmm. tours of the facility. Uh, with classified boxes in the offices in unlocked doors. So, yeah, I mean, that would be a violation of the Espionage Act. But we're not seeing Hmm. anything about that even happen. And so, listen, I've been saying this a lot lately. Uh, If you guys listen to my podcast, I know that, you know, listening to me once a day is enough, but twice a day is probably just a little overbearing because we start to get the doom and gloom. And it's a little late at night, 8.30 at night on the East Coast, but... What we're seeing here is that this is an act of desperation coming from what we call the deep state. The deep state is the bureaucracy that has been in place for a very long time that kind of controls the laws, the policies, the regulations. Um, They are influenced heavily by foreign entities and corporations, philanthropies, nonprofits, non-government organizations that they are right now have their backs against the wall because they realize they cannot stop Donald Trump. That for some reason, it, there's no, there's, there cannot be a repeat of 2020 where they steal this election. They just know it. And yeah. that when we go into 2024, they know that Donald Trump will win unless they remove him before or ahead of time. Now, some, I had a show last night with uh, two friends of mine, great researchers, and I started going down a rabbit hole. I started going mm-hmm. down a deep, dark rabbit hole. Well, I started uncovering some information that like, whoa, I think the next pandemic's here. And I think the next pandemic potentially is here. And I'll I'll talk about that here in a little while. But Mm -hmm. first thing I wanted to do is I saw this news alert today that we have um, Russian hackers. Did you hear about this? The Russian hackers? (laughs) Oh, is it Russian hacker season again? (sighs) Yeah, pro-Russian hacktivist (laughs) groups, Killnet, Anonymous Sudan, and Rebel announced to destroy the European banking system within the next 48, 48 hours. I won't miss so, it. Yep. Uh, they oh. published a video of Killnet, <laughs> a Russian pro-Russian hacktivist group, made a chilling declaration stating that the upcoming cyber attack is not a warning but a mere fact. They have not faced such issues yet. Well, this is interesting because I just got a report minutes ago. The right. U.S. federal government right now has multiple agencies that are being hit in a global cyber attack. Hmm. So, mem- so you remember what I've been saying, Jim? Yeah. Is that they were using the proxy of Ukraine to try right. to instigate World War III. They were, they were trying to utilize the proxy of Ukraine. Uh, they went in the Maripol. They had the Asimov go in there and kill a whole bunch of people. They blamed it on Russians. Nobody fell for it. Um, they, they shelled the outside of the uh, Zastroprosia. 
um, nuclear plant and blamed it on Russia. Nobody fell for it because it was Ukraine shelling it. They they launched a missile in the Poland, killing two civilians. Oh, they blamed it on Russia. It wasn't Russia. It was Ukraine. They blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Oh, they blamed it on Russia. Nope, it wasn't Russia. Now, it was the U.S. Now, now we're blaming it on Ukraine. The State Department came out yesterday right, and said that. Right, now they're blaming it on that- Ukraine. <laughs> right. Then, then they blow up the bridge, right, in Kershaw. They blew up the oh, yeah, they yeah. blame it on Russia. Nope, that, that was the Ukraine. dam. The dam and you know yeah, the dam bl- now, blew now up. Now you got the dam. Now you got the dam. Oh yeah. Oh, blame yeah. it on Russia. But you see, they're trying to blame all these things on Russia, and Russia's just not having it. Because did they, they forget that we're not mad at Russia anymore? Did they forget to like let the Cold War go? Is that is this what we have? Some leftovers from Cold War ideology that all Russia these is the bad 80 guy. Eighty-year-old Cold War veterans <laughs> table. Kill a commie I want for mommy. One last chance, man. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I gotta take out the Ruskies. I've gotta get the bear. It's the bear. <laughs> but, but what we what we see here is the deep state trying to instigate a war, and the reason they want the war is because their crimes are coming to the surface. Everything is happening way too fast, and that they cannot handle the heat, and they know that they're in trouble because their system is about to collapse. So they need to go to war to have everybody forget about their crimes. So they can keep on doing what they're doing. Well, guess what? Nope. Now we see nope. Russia, you know, Russia comes out. And I'm pretty sure these are Russian, um, you know, clandestine agencies that are doing this. Mm-hmm. They're going to attack the European Central Bank. And then on the same day that, that happens, we have multiple U.S. government agencies are hit in a global cyber attack. I guarantee you people, you can mark my words, this will be blamed on Russia. <sighs> I guarantee you that there's going to be some type of damage done, and they will blame this on Russia. And they'll be like, we need to go after Russia. And then Russia will come forth and be like, hold on, comrade. No, this is not not to us. This came from Ukraine. (laughs) I'm telling you, it'll be some stupid (laughs) stuff like this. Well, you know, or, well, you know, wait, why do we have so many guys piled up in Poland? You know that we're, we have deployed a... um, a buttload of soldiers into Poland. Are we are we provocating something? Is something gonna misfire into Poland and hit a, a American bar- a barracks or something? Is that what we're doing next? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, we've had we've had missiles that misfired and just accidentally hit, or drones that went to the <laughs> that went to the capital in Moscow. Why not? Uh, misfired, you know, oh, it came from Russia. See, it's a Russian missile, even though Ukraine has Russian missiles that they're firing at Russians. But, I mean, what do I know? Um, but that's the thing. I mean, we're, I got, Josh, they're, oh, how the dominoes will fall. They really are got this whole thing piled up in a good old, and then, so then we're going to throw the aliens in on top of that? When So, are we going to do, like, aliens, nuclear war, cyber attack all at the same time? Why not? Let's just bring it all out there. Let it all hang out. Just toilet flush the whole thing. After let's midnight, do it. we're gonna let it out. Okay, we'll be right back with Dark Delight. Dark Delight show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. <laughs> all right, you know, as 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 a level of coincidence, and I don't believe in coincidences. You know, we're talking about this pro-Russia hacktivist group, Killnet, Anonymous, Sedan, Reval. Uh, they're going to destroy the European banking system. Immediately after this happens, the U.S. is incurring a massive cyber attack. It has been going on for a few days. If you haven't realized it, Amazon AWS was down all day yesterday with massive problems. And then today, obviously, the U.S. is under cyber attack. 
And right after the Russian uh, hacktivist groups claimed that they're going to take down the European banks, the EU comes out and says they're going to stop Did you say hacktivist group, groups? Hacktivist, hacktivist groups? Yep, hacktivists. Right. They're, they're activist right. hacktivists, right? right so gotcha. the okay. EU comes out and says they're going to stop utilizing telecom services running China's Yahweh and ZTE equipment. <clears throat> well, why? Well, how do you think that these hack uh, these hackers are hacking you? <laughs> I mean, through using, Google, <laughs> using Chinese technology that Donald Trump banned from the United States when during his presidency because he said it makes them um, able to hack us and take over and control of our networks. Maybe oh. that's why. Hmm. Been backdooring our systems all along. I mean, even Mike Pompeo, as much as a turncoat as he's been. Uh, he even said that they are creating technology inside the hardware, the chips and the other devices inside of your phones and other devices to monitor and send information back without you knowing it because it's in the hardware. It's not the IP itself. The hardware itself is sending the information back. Yeah, I, I was I actually checking that. out some really interesting information today. Okay. Someone sent me this uh, this one lady on uh, BitChute. And I mean, she's she's eccentric. She's condescending, you know. Mm-hmm. She's all like, "All you, you know, cutards out there, and trust the plan, right?" And, but she was going on some really crazy research about um, technology that's already integrated in our society uh, that the DoD is using and has uh, various different types of telepathy technology, basically using wearables to. Uh, to create AI-generated videos from your thought streams, to um, communicate with people with no voice communication, um, sending text messages with your mind. Um, I could put on a device, you could put on a device, Jim, you and I right now in our locations, and I could think and you could see exactly what I'm talking about. Basically, think about it like this, is that the way that telepathy would work is my thoughts turn into AI-generated audio or video. Mm-hmm. And then those get transmitted to you, and you see or hear the AI transmitted audio or video. Yeah, no, I. It's, hey, do you remember Seinfeld? You remember the sitcom Seinfeld? No, nope, nope, never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's some. It's a, it's a real rare thing out there. Not many it people is, watched it, it is, all yeah. the time. <laughs> They nobody watched it all the time, but there was an episode in there where Kramer was talking about having a telephone implanted in his head, and he's like, "Oh wait, 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 hold on, I'm getting a call." And he holds his hands up by his ears like he's got, you know, his his elbows out, hands up by his ears, like, "Oh, I got a call coming." Oh, it's Newman. Oh, hey, hey, oh yeah, Jerry's right here, and Jerry's like, "I'm not here," you know, and so they were actually talking about in Seinfeld how we would have this interconnection through our brains without having to have a device in hand and uh that was one that's one episode that keeps kind of flashing back to me over and over again well there's an amazon amazon and netflix have been very predictive programming and amazon has a show called feed and i recommend everybody go check it out or at least watch a trailer for it so basically it's injectable internet it's a chip that goes into your brain which broadcasts the internet and games and apps and phones and everything else is all right there. Um, it's mm. pretty scary stuff. This is where we're headed. Um, you know, but, Jim, I, I've been yeah. on this mosquito craze. Oh, yeah. The 100 million mosquitoes that uh, Mr. Bill Gates has bothered to bioengineer to create 
What? We don't even have they don't have mosquitoes in South California, but they're going to put them in South California and well, Florida. So th- this is this is this is bad, guys. So what I'm about to share with you, not many people know, and I don't think many people want to know. Um, so there, there's questionability about when the next pandemic's going to come, right? Right. Do you know when the next pandemic's going to come, Jim? Uh, this fall. <laughs> well, I, Sorry, I think I that it's already ahead. here. So oh, one really? of the researchers I've been working with, her name's Blue Canary. She's awesome. She's talking about um, various different contracts for the U.S. government and the DOD um, that are coming out of Lima, Peru. Um, there's a whole bunch of orders for non-human primates, monkeys, lab supplies, lab freezers, various different reagents. Um, and she goes into this research, digging into it. And basically, there's bio facilities there. So if anybody remembers hearing about the bio labs in Ukraine, do you remember hearing mm-hmm. about the bio labs in Ukraine? Oh, yeah. You know who broke this story? Mm-mm. Many people think it was uh, this war clandestine guy. No, 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 no. They actually worked together. It was Blue Canaries who broke this story. And the research mm-hmm. came from a company called Metabiota, which was um, basically a, a biotech firm that was funded by Rosemont Seneca, who is Hunter Biden's company, Devin Archer, John Kerry's son. All right. And they got a government contract through the Defense Threat Reduction Agency under the DIA um, under another contractor named Black and Vish, and they were operating and running the facilities in Ukraine um, pre-COVID. And these are bio, bio labs. Anyways, so they're, they're the ones that broke this information. Well, there's bio labs in Peru. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting is Peru is been one of these places. So Medellin, Colombia, uh, two years ago and this year. So what they do is they start releasing these mosquitoes. So M- Medea, Colombia, they've been releasing two million mosquitoes a week for the, like the last three week, three years. All right. Right. Now, what's huh. happening is that inside these mosquitoes, they are genetically engineered. They genetically engineer the male mosquitoes. And this is going to pose a few different threats, and I'm going to kind of try to explain this. So okay. the male mosquitoes um, don't bite humans, which is a good thing. Cool. The male mosquitoes, though, are actually heavy pollinators. So just like bees, the male mosquitoes are incredibly pertinent to the ecosystem because they are pa- pollinators of the ecosystem. So... Mm-hmm. What they do is they go into these male mosquitoes and they use kind of like a, it's called a, a densonucleus virus. So it's a, called a densovirus. And yeah. they manipulate certain gene target sites within the mosquito to basically um, exemplify and have a reactant at a certain time of age to where this denovirus takes hold and kills the mosquito. And so they hope that when this mosquito goes and reproduces, it dies right after. The mother mosquito is the one that bites, goes out there, has some babies, and then they die, you know, right after adulthood. Just long enough to reproduce and maybe do what they're supposed to do. Um, Well, here's the thing. I was looking at this, and I was looking at the patents, right? And so Mm -hmm. Oxitec, 
OXITEC is the big company that's doing all this. They they own all of them. And by the way, this isn't just the United States and Florida where they released it a few years ago. This isn't Media Colombia. This is Malaysia. This is the Philippines. This is China. This is Indonesia. India. This is um, Canada. The United States. This is all throughout Central America. All throughout South America. There's there's tons of countries involved in this. But Oxitec uses this. Uh, it's called tetracycline, a repressible transcriptional activator variant. It's designed to drive the expression of more T-TAV in what becomes a fatal feedback loop for the mosquitoes. Now listen to this next part. This is directly from the patent. Okay. How the process kills mosquitoes isn't entirely clear. <laughs> Oops. They don't even know how this kills them, but they're deploying <laughs> billions of these things every week. That seems so, fine. This will end well, Josh. Well, well, I mean, come on, do, what could go wrong? Well, what they're trying to do is basically kill these mosquitoes before they can transmit denog, yellow fever, and stuff like this. Well, Jim, in my research, I found this interesting article from 1975. Right. And the title of the article is Germ Warfare Allegations Forced the WHO Out of India Mosquito Project. Wait, what was that? That was 1975. So in 1975, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CDC, the WHO, went to India to utilize a few different um, cities in their country as test beds to see if they could basically spread yellow fever in India. Now, yellow fever is incredibly rare in India. Was it the same time that uh, Bill Gates was doing the vaccinations in India? Um, no, this is it's the same person who brought this research forward, the one person okay. that was suing Bill Gates. Uh, but this is legit real information. This was in uh, Science Magazine back in the day. But basically what happened is that they went in there, the CIA, and they were utilizing mosquitoes to spread yellow fever in India. And yes, they were able to spread it, contain it. And they killed a lot of people in India, and India wasn't too happy. And Indira Gandhi was the prime minister who allowed this to happen. And this is 1975. They were weaponizing mosquitoes against people. So now we move forward, (sighs) right? And they're saying that they're going to – and by the way, the way they genetically modify these things – they, they utilize various different cleavage sites within the DNA. And so your right. DNA basically has receptor sites. And some of these receptor sites, the best ones they use, are viral receptor sites. One of these is the adenovirus receptor site. Okay, Why are they trying to find so many ways to kill us? Why, well, are they just cowards? Not, no, just no, come no, out and kill us, bro. They're trying to save us with this technology. But the adenovirus yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. cleavage site <laughs> that they use, the receptor site, is when they genetically modify it, when that happens is when they inject a new DNA into the, the male mosquito, it rejects it. And it has what's called a cytokine storm response. Have you ever heard that before? I, uh-huh. I know you have. We're going to talk about this here in a second. We'll be right back with more nice. Dr. show after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And I know I'm going yes, over sir. some stuff and words and stuff like this that might not make much sense. But just understand that 
in, in microbiology, you have various different vectors. Vectors can transmit things or things can latch onto those vectors. And so in these mosquitoes, you have adenovirus vectors. And basically, it's just a, a receptor site on a cell. But when these mosquitoes have a genetic modification within those adenovector sites, what happens is they have a cytokine storm and it kills the mosquito. Jim, right. where have you heard this cytokine storm before? Cytokine, I don't know. I, I've become a microbiologist here in the last few years. I'll have to go I mean, through my notes. I, I could have swore <laughs> I heard this where something latches on to a cleavage receptor site and produces a cytokine storm making you sick. I mean, have you heard this before? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is, a, again, it's a quinkadink, right? These are just happenstance that they do in these things and then these other things. They all matchy-matchy. It's miracles. Well, miracles of modern how, science, uh, Josh. Isn't that how the, the, the COVID thing actually worked? Is yeah. That how they genetically <laughs> modified it is they, they found an ACE2 receptor site. Um, mm-hmm. They modified the spike spikes on the virus's proteins to basically be receptive to the ACE2 receptor utilizing, utilizing modifications from the HIV virus. Um, and then what happened is originally this produces massive cytokine storms within the cellular structure. When that DNA from the virus is injected into the cell, the cytokine storm, by the way, when you have a cytokine storm inside your body is, Mm -hmm. um, fever, cough, uh, pneumonia. Um, wait, these symptoms sound very familiar. Body aches. I got the cold again. I got a cold again. What do you mean? I got a cold. It's it's, it's the flu, or 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 no? It's um, it, it's COVID. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's the, a cytokine. Storm. The Mexican beer flu, the coronavirus that was going to kill us all three years ago. Yeah. So well, so these mosquitoes they produce a cytokine storm. So they had to figure out a way to kind of neutralize this. And one mm. of the ways that I'm, I'm looking for right now on the science and the research, but would actually be to kind of give so. Mosquitoes have um, viruses. They carry viruses, yellow fever, um, denog, and all these other ones. And they carry it within their saliva. There's actually a D7 protein within the saliva that that helps facilitate this. And one of the theories is that they're going to utilize that as a methodology receptor site to basically kill these mosquitoes. Well, what's interesting is every time that they're releasing these, about a year later, you have some type of outbreak. And right now in Peru, where they just let these all these mosquitoes go, you have a massive outbreak of denog fever. 300 dead, over 180,000 infected right now. By the way, that is an epidemic. That, that is bad, okay? For anybody out right. there who knows what denog fever is, that's bad. This is really bad. 300 dead, over 180,000 infected right now in Peru in the last day. Peru. That is, that's a little south of us, isn't it there? That, that's a little south of us. And so... We've got a landmass that connects us in there. There's a could, whole... This know. could be the potential next pandemic, pandemic that comes about. And it's my thought and theory. And, and this is the theory that I'm developing right now with the mosquitoes. You ready for this? All right. All right. So the mosquitoes are released all around the world. Number one is they begin to systematically collapse the ecosystem because you're getting rid of all the male pollinators, which maybe take part of 
15 to 20 percent of the pollination needed within those ecosystems. Number two is that they carry various different viruses and illnesses. And every time that a mosquito bites you, it's transmitting its modified DNA directly into your body, which can produce cytokine storms. Um, not only that, it can also, so if you also have a suppressed immune system, your body's producing a cytokine storm because of the reaction with the mosquito, and you already have a suppressed immune system, and it transmits denog fever, yellow fever, anything like that, you are sure enough dead. Right. Um, so what happens is you start seeing random outbreaks of denog fever, yellow fever, right. all over these impoverished areas all around the world. And what does that do to people who are jabby jab jabbed who already have suppressed immune systems? Well, and this causes their uh, autoimmune, the, the autoimmune effect to kick in where then their body starts putting out all these inflammations, all the mm. um, – <laughs> so you end up drowning in your own fluid is basically what happens. Your your um, why am I thinking this? Histamines. Your histamines take off. Your histamine pumpers go out because they're trying to flush out the stuff that's bothering them. And you're basically going to start inflaming and swelling inside of yourself to the point where you suffocate yourself. I mean, I don't need to jump ahead. Sorry. Well, right, right. <laughs> but this is what I'm trying to say is what if the mosquitoes were a vector for targeting people who are already immunocompromised? That what it does is it immediately, mm -hmm. immediately produces a cytokine storm within them through the inflammatory histamine reaction during the mosquito bite, which makes them highly more susceptible to small amounts of denog, yellow fever, and other types of viruses, which will become fatal because they already have a suppressed immune system. So instead of a, a pandemic stretching across the planet, what you have is you have series of outbreaks all throughout the world in heavily vaccinated populations. India, Pakistan, Vietnam, Southeast Asia, America. Central America, South America. And you have massive amounts of people suffering epidemics. Mm -hmm. This yep. is my theory well, right now, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I am very, very wrong. But the weaponization of mosquitoes in biowarfare um, has been being done since the 1940s. I'll say that again. They've been weaponizing insects since the 1940s that you know they yep. wanted to use mosquitoes against the russians did you know this <laughs> no they wanted I didn't to use mosquitoes against the russians this is why they were in india testing yellow fever they, they had the fears of mao rising so yellow fever right. fever is very prevalent in china and uh -huh. so they were there testing this as a carrier vector for illnesses. And what they were going to do is they were going to lease millions and millions of mosquitoes in Russia and China. Right. This is the people that control your wow. country people. Yeah. And they've been doing it for dec I mean, decades as far as we know. I mean, the AMA has been doing this how long? I mean, the yeah. AMA is the, this is basically from the birth of the AMA is the how do we go in and are able to control and manipulate people? I mean, this is not something brand new. This is something that's been going on for ever. I don't know. I, and I, I am a, again. This is, I, I'm gonna go back to that question I asked before the break. Why don't they just come out and kill us? Why you know? Why you gotta? Why you gotta go get bugs and and do all this manipulation? If you're so, if you you hate us so much, bring it. You you afraid to bring the fight to the street? Is that what it is? Because you're not. I mean, this is the problem. Are they not able to come to us and say, "Come on, let's do this. Let's do the uh, Beyond the Thunderdome. Let's do it." Like. I don't know. Well, two man enter, one man. 
<laughs> what do you? How do we do this, man? I don't like. I'm, I'm tired of all the sneaky stuff that's gonna be like the fart in the wind that kills us. I don't want that. I want you know. It's like face me. Come face me. Do it. But we don't do. We don't play games like that, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're wrong. I hope that, you know, 10 years from now we get to look back at this and hear, oh, did you hear that show or Josh's cockamamie ideas? Oh my goodness. He was so wrong. I just hope that that's mm-hmm. what we do. I just hope yeah. that we look back and we go, man, I'm glad I was wrong. I missed I'm the target glad on that one. We missed the target on that one. But you know, right. Jim, if uh, if our track record is anything oh, of, man. of a sign, um, you might want to get some mm-hmm. insect repellent. <laughs> I mean, I'm just no. saying. Yeah, certain that now now we know why those bubble suits were necessary. Those people were walking around in the they were just a couple of years ahead of their time when they were walking around the Sams and WalMarts with those. Remember those people that walk around like the spacesuits yeah. on? Well, you know what? Maybe they had a good idea. If, if mosquitoes are going to start transmitting diseases that are going to kill us, I'm going to get exactly that. Um, you know, it's interesting, too, because I've had this theory for a long time. Now, you know on the surface of the Earth there's a, uh, a static field, right? A static electric field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That everywhere on this planet there's a static electric field that you're walking through. This is when high and low pressures start exchanging. It's actually that static electric field that is producing the mm-hmm. uh, the the energy for those storms. Right. Well, it's one of my theories, and I and I've done some tests on this with flies in a house. Right. Um, if oh, you yeah, watch the patterns on how they fly, really what they're doing is they're moving through the path of least resistance through the static electric field that's in the the air. And that mm-hmm. their wings are actually utilizing that static field to retain flight. So their wings aren't actually moving. And this is actually a fact. Their wings aren't actually moving. They're oscillating. Yep. Right? Like a bee. And so mosquitoes and bumblebees all do the same thing. Yep. And so it, it's my theory that if you can manipulate that static field, you can basically knock these things out of the air. Um, you can... It, keep them away from you because if you have a massive static field around yourself then that's not the path of least resistance that can come towards you mosquitoes mm-hmm. actually detect the carbon dioxide coming from your breath did you know that yes i did so they, they yep. detect carbon dioxide coming from your breath and they detect various different pheromones that come off of your skin. they can see it though isn't it because they can see the co2 coming out it's like right, so they, they, are they like they, infrared yeah so they yeah see yeah they see it as a fog coming out so it's not like they're detecting the scent of it from 100 feet away. They're seeing that fog, so that fog then draws them to it visually, like a, like a flower. Right, yeah. right. And so th- this is why, like, uh, citronella candles and stuff like that are supposed to repel them because they give off certain amounts of carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide when they're burning. But th- you also give off pheromones, and that's really the key factor. They found that if you basically get rid of the carbon dioxide, mosquitoes will still be attracted. It actually makes it um, heavier. Uh, in the sense of attractiveness. Hmm. But, it, wow. you know, the question is, is what happens if you manipulate that static field? Because if we're talking about pheromones, really what we're talking about is chemicals that go into the air that are basically translated through the static field. And so right. if we could somehow neutralize that pheromone um, information integration, then we could, uh, you know, stop mosquito bites. And I- I'm working on that right now because this stuff mm-hmm. scares me. I will be right back with Dark Delight Show. <laughs> Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. <laughs> All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. 
Fly to the bumblebee. So we'll go back into this. Multiple U.S. government agencies have fallen victim to a victim to a worldwide cyber attack that capitalizes on a security flaw found in a commonly utilized software. You notice how they don't tell you what software that is? <laughs> yeah, Google. We're not going to mention the software Google. right now. Uh, but, Microsoft uh, 360. Um, it's something you uh, all use. Uh, let yeah. Me see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Every day. Uh, what, do you what is the go- software? Oh, we're not, not going to talk about um, that. Yeah, but apparently no, it's, it's statewide. Uh, many state-sanctioned hackers, so we have suspected state-backed Chinese hackers, use a security hole in a popular email security appliance, Microsoft, uh, to break into <laughs> networks of hundreds of public and private sector organizations globally. Nearly a third of them, government agencies, include foreign ministries, cybersecurity firms, Mandiant Google. says, as well as Russian cybersecurity agents are also involved in this. Or Russian. Hey, Russian, Josh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got a quick question here. If I'm going to uh, go in and do a cyber attack on you. Am I going to announce to you through like a press release through my media department <laughs> that I'm going to come and hack you? Do I? Is well, that yeah. how? Is that how we do it today? Well, you, that- know, you know, Jim. Do you remember <laughs> the Ukrainian offensive that is underway right now? Right. Okay. They announced it, didn't they? We're, we're, well, they Russia, did. we're going to do Ukrainian offensive. It's going to be in around yeah. this day and this time, around this hour. This this is the Magic. Ukrainian offensive. It's coming. It's At eleven thirty-eight p.m., this is going <laughs> to happen. Oops, we just happen to be exactly right too. You know, it, it's it was such a strong Ukrainian offensive, Jim, that yes. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, had to go on um, national news and announce. Uh-huh. The Ukrainian offensive has started. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. By the way, hey, we're at war, guys. If you didn't yeah. notice, leave the McDonald's. Hurry. Go home and be scared. Oh, wait. You didn't go home. Feel the Ukraine. Our offensive <laughs> is so strong that we have to announce it to the world. <laughs> like, nice. what? I I... Like, this is a level of warfare that if you're watching it in your former military, you understand strategy, methodology, all these types of things, you realize that it's psychological warfare, that this is all garbage, that none of this is real, that you don't announce offensives and counteroffensives. You don't announce what you're going to do before you do it. Um, and And then say, Russia, our counteroffensive has started. Here we come. Come get us. And then they annihilate all the Abrams and uh, all the German tanks yeah. that we gave them. Like, how did that happen? How did they know we were coming? How did they see uh, our tanks? Huh? We have stealth technology. Because yeah. you announced it for the last three months you were going to do it. Like, <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to drive our tanks down first street. a tactic in war. And then we're going to turn left at, at Hampton Street. <laughs> and then we're going to stop and get something to eat about 12. And, um, yeah, that's not how war works, oh boys and God, girls. Oh, my God, you found me. How did you know I was uh, going to be here? Was, well, it's all over your paint. Facebook, Jim. <laughs> this green paint on this tank makes me invisible. <laughs> so when you hear that Russian state-sponsored hackers are uh-huh. going to hack the European central banks, you should scratch your head and go, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you announce it after the fact so you still have uh, the the... The, the element aspect of surprise? Of, yeah, the element of surprise. <laughs> like, wait, you announce it after, nah. not before. Oh, we're so sorry. We risked you. We did not know. You mean D-Day didn't work that way? We didn't put it in the newspaper? We was like, hey, we're going to go do this whole thing in France. We're going to land well, on this how about day. This? And... You, you want to talk about World War II? Okay. 
tell me how a Japanese armada mm-hmm. sailed at 15 miles per hour Boop, across boop. the Pacific Ocean, passing, chugga, chugga, chugga. passing hundreds and hundreds of various <laughs> different U.S. ships and warships <laughs> without anybody saying anything. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, this is uh, USSS. We, we have a Japanese armada headed towards the U.S. Oh, they're okay. The fishing they're, they're, boats they're, were they're turning good. them in. They're good. They're good. Uh, yeah, the fishing yeah. boats were turning them in. And nobody yeah. did any. Let's. How about this? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take all of our ships. We're going to call them back into Pearl Harbor. We're going to line them up so that if someone does attack us, they can't get out. We're going to make them look all nice, pretty, and neat. That's how you know this was a farce. You know this was a setup. They knew this was going to happen. You know, in Pearl Harbor, they put all their older ships um, on the inside so they couldn't get out. Did you know that? Like, all the older antiquated ships and technology, what they did is... uh, So, the way they moored up in Pearl Harbor is they would moor two to three ships in on a dock. So, the ships would basically moor next to each other. So, the ships on the inside towards the dock couldn't get out in the advent of emergency. Well, those happened to be the older ships that they wanted to replace. Just so happened. Sacrifice, right? Yep. Just... Oh, well, see, we know that. Uh, see, we know that the Hawaiian observation uh, towers—they saw them coming in on radar. They saw them visibly coming in. That they reported those. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that we showed that this was all purposely laid down our arms so that we would then be called into the war. Yeah. And why? Oh, because that's what Germany wanted. Oh, sorry. Well, that's not what Germany <laughs> to give away That's this. what the Nazis wanted, Jim. There you go. Well, you know. Yeah. <sighs> you know it's Germany all about was war. Taking, Germany was taken advantage of. I mean, if you look at the whole situation of World War II and how it unfolded, when uh, Kaiser Wilhelm, the Wilhelm Kaiser II or whatever he was, you know, after they lost World War One, they had massive sanctions put on them. It was, uh, I think it was like $2 trillion worth of sanctions put on them mm-hmm. that they had to pay back. And basically it was taking – the sanctions basically accumulated for 80% of their GDP. So 80% of their GDP was being paid back to basically these royal families and these other countries – uh, in response to the war effort, and they couldn't hold arms or they couldn't develop a military, anything like this. This is what al- allowed, uh, you know, people like Adolf Hitler to rise to powers because of the suffering of the German people. They were living in in, in assured poverty because of the sanctions that were put on them by Western nations and right. corporations. And so this is what allowed Adolf Hitler to rise to power. And, you know, when he did rise to power in, what, 32, 31 to 33, they started they, – the first – in 31, I think they took, um, like, 20 seats in parliament. In 33, right. they took 220 seats in parliament. Like, that's how fast it rose up. And then they obviously brought in Adolf Hitler, and uh, the, the rest is history during this point in time. But, right. you know, when we start looking at this situation – the rise of Nazism in Germany came about through massive information warfare, psychological warfare, but most prominently through the, through the propagation mm-hmm. of poverty by right. reducing the economic lifestyle of these people, by completely annihilating their way of life, eliminating their social and their cultural um, um, traditions 
mm-hmm. basically bankrupting every person to the fact where they don't have enough to eat, that they don't have enough to feed their kids, there's no jobs. Right. This is why they push towards socialism. Now, think about everything that's happening right here. This is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. There's actually a really good Netflix documentary out there on Adolf Hitler. I right. forgot. What, I think it's like the Third Reich or whatever it is, dude. It's re- it's like a like a three or four part series, maybe. It's really. I think I've good. seen it. It's yeah, yeah. really good. Um, you know, it's it's very historically but who, accurate. But who came to fame in the same kind of nowhere, all of a sudden, out of nowhere? In American history, didn't Barack? Barack yeah, old Barry came into power in the exact same way. Somebody out of nowhere, a community organizer, slips into the Senate. Boone, all of a sudden, he's the president. Huh? Magic. Well, he was a Manchurian candidate. There's proof of yep. that out there. All right, guys, much love, respect. God bless you guys. Hope you guys all have a great day. Take care. We're gonna see you guys tomorrow for myself and yep. Jim Price. We are out. See you.